Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast, episode 140. Today's episode is related to the last episode of Laura Panag, insofar as both guests have participated in the View magazine's Someone's Daughter exhibition. And for Laura's episode, we received so much love and positive comments. She's a pretty damn fine photographer, right? Today, as a little bonus, we're talking to one of the sitters, Emily Ramsey. She has a lived experience of the criminal justice system and has recently started working for The View magazine. She was also featured not once but twice in this exhibition. One of the portraits by Craig Easton was used for the cover of this podcast. Now unless you're a very recent listener, I'm sure most of you are aware of my prison past. My artwork relates back to it. The talks I give are on it. And in pretty much everything I do, I try to change people's perception of people with a prison past and how we can try and repair and even change the system that's been broken for decades. So as much as I've literally got an insider knowledge of prisoner issues, since speaking to the women associated with a View magazine, I've realised that there's a vast amount of issues that I've overlooked or not even considered that apply to female prisoners. And speaking to Emily today, you're going to find out some of those as well. But before I introduce you to Emily, let me just replay you something from the last episode that I mentioned about The View magazine's up-and-coming exhibition. The Ministry of Arts got asked to create and curate a virtual exhibition for The View magazine's 2021 Photo London show, Someone's Daughter. Now there's a few things in that sentence that may well need explaining. 
Firstly, The View magazine. The View magazine was the brainchild of a serving female prisoner in HMP Downview several years ago. It was set up to highlight the obstacles and challenges put in front of women in the criminal justice system, trying to break the stigma attached to those women with a lived prison experience, and ultimately pull together many people from the criminal justice system from both sides of the prison wall to try and create new solutions other than that of lock them up and throw away the key. Well, in a very short time, this magazine has grown into something that would sit very comfortably on a dentist's waiting room table. Until you open it and start reading, it looks like any other high-end magazine. The View magazine is self-funded and throughout the year have a couple of art sales and auctions to help keep itself afloat. Well, this year they've absolutely pulled it out of the bag with an exhibition called Someone's Daughter. It's an exhibition that's on display at this year's Photo London exhibition, which runs from the 8th to the 12th of September, and all of the artworks are being auctioned throughout September on Artsy. But to give you a little insight into Someone's Daughter, Someone's Daughter, presented by The View magazine, will see internationally respected photographers take portraits of women who have been affected by the criminal justice system, whether as prisoners, activists or professionals. So please, come and join me over Zoom as I speak to Emily Ramsey. You are part of The View magazine now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. What is The View magazine? So The View magazine is a social enterprise and campaigning platform, and it gives a voice to women in the criminal justice system. So they have a quarterly print magazine where they, they include lots of different things, you know, women's stories, they include poetry, they include artwork, you know, they update you on, you know, government policies and things like that, stuff that they're campaigning for. Um, they send the magazine into a majority of prisons. Um, it's a subscription. You can subscribe for the magazine. And then all the money that they raise through the subscriptions, it goes back into obviously helping towards more campaigning um, and obviously, yeah, it's just there to give the women an outlet for create creativity. Um, they also give like opportunities for a bit of financial independence. So yeah. any work, poetry, stories, or anything that they publish in the magazine, they do also pay the women for that. So even the women that are in prison, they submit something to the magazine. Brilliant. They will um they will get some money for that so it just gives them a little bit of yeah just a bit of hope you know that you you know you can do these things and you can be re rewarded for yeah. it so it does you know gives them a little bit of help maybe a little bit more stability and things like that especially you know there's women in prison not everyone has families and stuff do they yeah in yeah are able to send them to send them money in order to you know, for them to buy canteen and things like that. So for the view to be able to give them that little bit of money for them to buy their necessities that they need to, obviously, yeah. It's... And the magazine itself, um, it wouldn't be out of place on a, on a dentist coffee table, would it? You know, it, it doesn't scream female prisoner at all, does it? You know, it's no. just like any other, any other magazine out there, isn't it? Yeah, not at all. Actually, when you look at the magazine the whole publication of the magazine is done so amazingly you know they have the people that are editing the magazine you know the the manager of the view she's so 
meticulous in in how she wants the magazine to look you know because the whole the whole perception of women in prison there's just such a stigma around it so Mm. you know when you're trying to change the whole way that women in the justice system are perceived that comes down to like every little aspect of it and the magazine is just another part of showing these women for who they actually are you know and um, and their skills and their abilities and you know the things that they can bring to the table the magazine just highlights that even even more definitely and how did you become involved well I actually came across them on Instagram um, and they had sent me a message just and made me a little bit aware of the campaign that they were running and then I just said to them you know I've been in prison myself so I you know I think it's great and then they just said to me oh would you mind telling us your story nice and I said yeah I'd love to and so I sent an email explained my story and it just kind of happened they needed you know I put myself forward for if they need any help with anything you know just let me know there's you know anything I can do are you employed by them now yeah there's plenty of women involved who are ex-prisoners isn't there yeah there's there's a lot of women I mean in order for it to be as authentic as it can be they can have first-hand experiences. It's so important that they do have that communication with women who have lived experiences. Yeah, because it has such a professional image, the View yeah. magazine, yeah. Um, it can change um, the stigma attached to people that have been in prison mm-hmm. by those that have no experience of it. Because, you know, you can't blame anyone for, for having a negative opinion on an ex-prisoner if they have no experience of the criminal justice system and by reading and hearing about other people's stories and how they become involved how they become a a prisoner or got involved with the criminal justice system Mm -hmm. um it's those stories that that humanize Mm. the 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 person they're reading about yeah it's just a positive a positive thing all the way through yeah it's so good because you know i'm not even going to sit here before before i went to prison I had the same perception, you know, this was my first time in prison. I had no idea the types, well, I had in my head the types of people that I'm probably going to be spending my time with while I'm there. And I was afraid. I was scared. I was thinking, what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to be around, you know, these people. And that was ignorant on my part because I'd never, I'd never experienced it. I didn't know any any women who had experienced being in prison so I too had that same view in my head of what potentially these women were going to be like and I was so shocked that it couldn't you know it couldn't be further from the truth you know the types of women that are there they're just an average woman who's made a mistake she's made a wrong choice you know these women some of these women I met were just are highly educated women you know just women with big hearts caring kind people that have faced some kind of trauma in their lifetime and as a result they've made a wrong choice and they've ended up in prison but they're not bad people yeah you know a majority of the people there I can categorically say they're not 
they're not bad women. I mean, in my opinion, those women probably should not have even gone to prison. I'm sure there could have been an alternative. And that's another thing, obviously, that the viewer is doing. They're looking at alternative options in sending women to prison because it just has such a huge impact on the woman, the family, especially of their mothers. Yeah. It just has such a huge impact. And you just don't realise that, you know, for certain situations when it has actually been you know a bad decision is really sending that woman to prison is that really the right thing to do knowing that they're not a bad person you know they've never been in trouble before they've got no previous convictions you know they've they've got a good background good character is sending that woman to prison really the best thing to do well I was being interviewed the other day and we was talking about um, the criminal justice system and um, they asked me, like, you know, what's one of the worst points about prison? And I said, people are being released from prison into homelessness and poverty. And especially with um, young mums who have had their children taken from them, mm. put into foster care, when they get out, if they haven't got an address, they're not getting their kids back. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and it's come to a point now where probation service is saying, like, get yourself a tent. You know, mm. like, what the hell? And, you you know, no one's going to give you your kids back, no. you know, to a, to a free birth tent, are they, you know? And this is the thing. This is what is such a... And I'm really passionate about this subject because when I was arrested, my daughter was four at the time. Um, and I was fortunate enough that she was able to go and stay with my mum. But not everybody has that privilege. No. Women and mothers they are usually the primary carers of their children there's no research there's not enough there's no statistics to tell you what happens to those children when they go somewhere else may i just say if someone is thinking well if you're a primary carer of a child mm. why are you getting involved in crime well that that's a good question and my answer to that would be a majority of women in the criminal justice system, they have experienced some form of trauma in their life. They've been victims of domestic abuse. They've been subject to sexual abuse. You know, they could have had something that happened in their childhood and all of these years later, because they've never dealt with the issue or it's never been addressed, they're then suffering from some kind of PTSD or something like that. So my, take myself, for example. I did the things that I did because of an abusive relationship. So I've, you know, no previous at all, but... Are you okay to answer the question if I ask what was your offence? Yeah, I don't mind. My offence was conspiracy to supply Class A. You know, I've never taken drugs, never been involved in drugs, never been around drugs. I didn't realise at the time that I was in a controlling and an abusive relationship. You know, mm. he was so manipulative. He uh, he was able to, you know, have me doing things that I knew was wrong, you know, because I'm not stupid. I knew they was wrong, but there was other things that was controlling me rather than actually saying, no, Emily, you know, this is yeah. enough. Like, don't do it. You know, even when I was arrested, I went guilty at my earliest convenience because I knew that what I did was wrong. You know, I held yeah. my hands up and said, I'm guilty. You know, well, from I, my experience with going into female prisons, giving talks and speaking to the ladies there, but a lot of the women in there, yeah. they was all, 
I think groomed is a bit of a strange word, but they're coerced yeah, into, of course. Um, into being involved. And that was how, um, how a lot of the, the, the women that I spoke to uh, had got into crime, just because of love, money, or, you know. And it does do that. And especially if a man has come into a woman's life, um, I'm, I'm, let me just put this out there. I know domestic abuse happens on both sides. Men are obviously... Mm can also be victims of abuse but just obviously while we're focusing on women men have probably come into a woman's life when she is actually vulnerable yeah. you know when she is looking for support when she's wanting someone to be there for her you know my daughter was only small at the time and I felt like I needed someone to help me to support me to be there for me I felt like at the time I felt like I needed that obviously yeah. in hindsight you know it's completely different but and I blame myself a lot of the time like why didn't I see it you know why didn't I know that he was this kind of person he chose me purposely yeah. because he saw weaknesses in me that he could play on you know and if that's happened to me it's happened to so many yeah. Yeah. so many women in prison it'd be so good if we could live our life in retrospect wouldn't it <laughs> it would be amazing <laughs> but you you mentioned how you came in contact with the view magazine my experience of um finding them is, is pretty much the same as yours i saw them on instagram um advertising an exhibition that they was about to put on i, di I didn't know of the view magazine i saw it was to do with women in prison and I just contacted them and said like you know could I donate something to your to your exhibition and yeah been friends with them since yeah but yeah I, I saw what they were doing um read up a little bit about them thought it was amazing what they were doing and um yeah contacted them and yeah been friends with them since yeah no that's really good and that's the thing even with this latest campaign that they're doing the exhibition that they're putting on at photo london so the campaign, you've probably seen it, haven't you? Someone's daughter, which they're running at the moment. Obviously, we mentioned earlier about people's perception of women in prison and things like that. Well, these this campaign is focused then solely on reframing the way that we see the justice system and we see these women in the justice system. So a number of women have had their photos taken by internationally respected photographers and they're going to be on display at photo london for an exhibition there's going to be an online auction on artsy um in order to obviously raise money so the view can continue to do the work that they're doing and also publication of the book which is a monograph of these women's stories it's going to feature all the pictures from the photographers um and it's it to me i'm part of it as well you've had my photo taken just that phrase alone, someone's daughter, that has to get someone thinking, you know, <laughs> who is this woman? What happened to her? And the, some of these photos that have been taken there, honestly, they are amazing. Well, the exhibition we're talking about, Someone's Daughter, it isn't just females with um, a lived experience of prison. No. They're sitting shoulder to shoulder with yeah. some very well-known, powerful and influential women. They tried to have with each photographer a photo of a leading woman in the community. So the likes of Baroness Brenda Howe, Bianca Jagger, Jen Reed, as well taking a photo of a former prisoner. And when you see all of these portraits side by side, 
you wouldn't necessarily know who is who. Yeah. Well, because of the title of the show, they are more or less saying she could be me. This woman next to me is me. A hundred percent. By standing shoulder to shoulder with the likes of yourself who's been to prison, they're endorsing your position in society, aren't they? Yeah. And it's because of the likes of these people that change will happen. You know, and even just only working for The View for a couple of weeks, I've been able to take part in, you know, some really good things that will all help towards that. Do you know what I mean? And and use my experiences in order to help raise more awareness. You are in the exhibition. Yeah. Who's you photographed by? Well, I was initially photographed by a photographer called Craig Easton. Yeah. And so he came and met me and took my photo. And then I ended up having my photo taken twice, but the second time was just by chance. It wasn't planned. I had attended another shoot with one of the other women. Yeah. And I was doing her hair for the shoot because I'm a hairdresser. And when I walked in there, the photographer wanted to take my photo as well. Brilliant. And he said... Hark at you. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> oh, I've got two photos up there. Um, as yeah. soon as you see a camera, you come to life. Yeah, I just thought, why not? <laughs> yeah, so then he, he offered to take my photo. So I I didn't know it was going to be included. Yeah. You know, I just thought, okay, yeah, I'll just let him take the photo. And then he did. So the other, the second photographer is Nadav Kanda. He's, he, he's incredible. He's photographed everyone. Yeah. I know, I know. I couldn't believe it. You know, when, you know, I, I was blown away even just having the opportunity to have my t- photo taken by from Craig. And then obviously to be in that position and have Nadav take my photo as well. Yeah, it's just, and the photos, I just think they're just amazing. Because I didn't even realise you'd had your photo taken twice. I was aware of your name because I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the um, the virtual gallery? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, so I, I created that. So I was helping hang the the photographs and arrange them and I saw your name on the Nadav artwork yeah it raised a smile because I was aware of you working at The View yeah Um, and it wasn't until possibly yesterday yeah then I saw your name again with Craig's photograph and I did think oh okay getting in twice yeah no one else has you know Bianca Jagger's there and she can only get in once I know. I mean, saying something, maybe I've got a bright future or something. Who knows what's to come? Someone's daughter is going to be part of Photo London. Do you know where Photo London is running from and to? So the exhibition will be running from the 8th to the 12th of September. uh, Photo London, which is at Somerset House in in central London. So it's going to be run over. You can buy your tickets online. Um, go down there obviously see the exhibition but the the online auction as well and every day there'll be a stand there there'll be women there from the view so you'll be able to go down there actually meet the women they're going to be there to answer questions to have conversations to break down those barriers yeah that's going to be happening from the 8th to the 12th of September and for anyone that can't make it to the exhibition itself the art will be made available and artsy won't it yeah from the beginning of september as well the all artwork is going to be uh, available on 
artsy that's when I say they're running that online auction so yeah if you want to find out more obviously they're always posting every day on their social media so Instagram Twitter their Instagram is rebel underscore justice on all social media platforms so in summary the view magazine their exhibition is called someone's daughter and it's going to be in photo London at Somerset House from the 9th to the 12th of September all the artwork is available on Artsy from the 9th to the 28th of September. And the final thing I want to ask Emily, how's life now after release for Emily Ramsey? Life for me is, is definitely better. It's a work in progress. I have struggled since my release. I've struggled with um, anxiety, a bit of depression, but I've been fortunate enough that The View especially have helped me get in contact um, and speak to a counsellor that I've never, ever done before. Um, and that has changed things for me. Brilliant. You know, I've been able to make sense of a lot of things that had troubled me. I, I'm, I'm really positive about Excellent. the future and things moving forward and the opportunities that are potentially going to be there for me to to grab both hands and I just I know that prison hasn't broken me it's actually it's actually molded me into I think a better person and it's given me that drive that determination to obviously want more for myself and my children so I'm really yeah at this point I'm really positive about how things are gonna go brilliant what a perfect way to end this podcast Emily thank you very much for your time you're welcome and hopefully I'll see you at Somerset House yeah, definitely. I'd love to see you over the Zoom. <laughs> I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye, bye. Well, there you go. That was something a little different from the normal artist story that you're used to. And I'm well aware that many of you may be thinking of that old saying, if you can't do the time, then don't do the crime. And I can't argue that. But a vast majority of people in the British prison system don't really need to be there. There has to be another way to deal with these people. I mean, the English and Welsh prison system and the Scottish, which works under a slightly different legal system, we've got one of the highest prison populations in Europe. I'm not sure on the figures, but it's something like 135 prisoners per 100,000 members of the public. I mean, the Netherlands have got something like a quarter of that. So there are better ways to deal with this problem. And on top of that, the prison population at the moment is over 83,000. And with the average cost of housing a prisoner being over £43,000, Christ, 43,000 times 83,000 is, well, it's fucking loads. And if necessity and poverty is the main reason that most people are in prison, and it's costing 43 grand for us to keep them there, you'd be better off giving a criminal 20 grand a year so they haven't got a steal. You're still saving 23 grand a year. Don't think that policy would go down though, right? But that's enough politics for now. As Emily mentioned there, the View magazine Someone's Daughter exhibition is running at Photo London up until Sunday the 12th. But their artsy page, where all the artwork is for sale, is running till the end of the month. So thank you to Emily for this bonus episode. And if you'd like a bonus episode to promote your exhibition, a group exhibition, or even concentrate on you as an artist. Just get in touch with Ministry of Arts. Well, that's about it for this week. Until the next episode, toodle pip. Well, 
Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta-da. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.